The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And I'm your host, Raider Craig. Welcome to our show. Man, the rookies are in camp. Things are starting to smell a little sweet in the air, like football season is just around the corner. I know it's the beginning, but this is the beginning we've been looking for. We're going to talk about that and more here on show 340. Before we start the show, a special shout out to Pennsylvania Raider. His father passed away at age 53. That's brutal. Uh, Our thoughts and our prayers go out to you, my brother, for sure. Uh, For anyone who's lost a parent, we can relate absolutely totally. So once again, God bless you and your family, brother. On today's show, we will have Plexico. What the heck,sico? Yeah, there's rumors about Plexico Burst perhaps coming to Oakland, and then T.O. say hell no to T.O. We're going to hit on that and the reason for such rumors and how they will stop in the near future. Okay, 13 rookies signed. That's right. We got undrafted free agents on the board. We're going to hit on their names and where they're from and what they could do, possibly. Then, of course, we have to hit this. DHB gets a DUI. How D-U-M-B is that? we got to cover that because everybody else is. And another hint that the Oakland Raiders will be making the move to Los Angeles. Yeah, there's another foot has dropped in the race uh, to uh, occupy the second best media market in the country. We're going to hit on that. And then the bone line. That should cover our show for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it, shall we? You say Plexico, I say Plaxico. <laughs> No, you say Plexico. Everyone else says Plaxico. Plaxico Burris. Former Super Bowl star Plaxico Burris. Plaxico Burris was released from prison June 6, 2011 after serving a two-year sentence. Plexico? What the heck's-ico? <laughs> yes, the rumors of Plexico Burris coming to the Oakland Raiders and also the T.O. inevitable... Got to come to Oakland rumors as well. This is a time of year where all the has-been players are associated with, well, the Oakland Raiders. For years and years, Al Davis, uh, actually towards the end, was picking up players in kind of a desperate move to try to improve the team. Veterans that might not have gelled in the locker room because that wasn't what Al Davis was concerned about. He wanted athletes. He wanted spectacular athletes. The autumn wind is a pirate. And the continuity of the team was a, a distant second, um, I believe, for Mr. Davis. He showed so in drafting the players that he had, and the free agent pickups were off the hook. So here we go again this time of year. Plexico Burris, or Plaxico Burris, however you want to pronounce it. Plaxico, 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 Plaxico. Uh, is rumored. Well, Rich Gannon asked him on uh, a football show. I'm not sure. I think a serious uh, NFL network. What teams you'd like to go to? There's several teams, and of course, the Oakland Raiders came up because we're always one of those teams that these guys go to. Also, Terrell Owens is rattling his cage again about going to the NFL. Once he's done a stint in the Arena League, yeah, I don't think he's going to be welcome in Oakland. Neither one of these guys has a great capacity for hmm. moral decision-making, or should I say good decision-making, or should I say selfless acts as a team member. Those are things that I think are necessary in this Oakland Raiders team. I don't believe for one second that Reggie McKenzie or Dennis Allen would accept either one of these personalities in their locker room unless there was a huge upside, which I do not see in these cases. So, Plexico, hell no, 
T.O., hell no. I got to say that for sure. And anybody else is trying to try to make a team that's a has-been that cannot contribute, and especially one that has a trouble past, just pass the door because the Raiders ain't taking that no more. And that is all I have to say about that. Everybody to the wild, wild west A state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness Oak Town Oakland definitely in the house <laughs> Frisco Frisco Raiders signed 13 undrafted free agents I wonder how they got here Well, I'll tell you how they got here Reggie McKenzie, known as the personnel wizard Mr. Wizard You know what I mean Reggie McKenzie has probably spent many, many hours and sleepless nights going over this list because the Raiders take undrafted rookies, of course. They're trying to get the best undrafted rookies just like they would be in the draft. These aren't just guys that shined up on a list that appeared somewhere at the Oakland headquarters. Nope. These were handpicked by Reggie McKenzie and other staff members in the drafting department for something that they did, some sign of greatness, and the possibility for them to make it on the team. Perhaps only in the practice squad, but at least they've got the talent to make it to the next level, which is the NFL. So without further ado, let me get to this list. I hope I don't destroy too many names. Conroy Black. Six foot tall, 185-pound cornerback out of Utah. He played two years at Utah after transferring from Fullerton College. A lot of these players do go two years to a junior college and then play for two years for a major university. They don't get the four-year exposure, and they don't get to develop their craft as they would if they were there for the whole four years. So needless to say, there's a lot of talent here, and it might just need to be honed into a future pro bowler or Hall of Famer. You just never know. Kalen Burnett, huh? Of course, six foot four, two hundred thirty-four pound linebacker out of Nevada. There's another guy who played who transferred as well. Uh, three thirty tackles and four and a half sacks um, for a loss uh, when playing for Nevada. These are all good players. Derek Carrier, six foot four, two hundred thirty-eight pound wide receiver. Now that's a, got a nice body and a nice frame, and he played in Beloit. Okay, so he established dual records. These guys could make it at any moment, bust in to the first team. But like I said, a lot of players, some some of them have to develop on the second team, which is fine as long as they develop into good players. Aaron Henry, six foot two oh eight, safety out of Wisconsin. Dominique Hamilton, six foot five, three hundred thirteen defensive tackle out of Missouri. Now that's a pretty cool thing right there. All Big Twelve. Uh, by the media, this this kid could make it uh, to nose tackle. You just never know. Marquette King, six foot zero, 192 pounds, punter. Now, this guy's supposed to have an insane, insane leg, and we'll see him in preseason like we've seen all these punters. And it's good that they're continuing to test the punting waters. We need to continue to develop that part of our game, even though we have the two best kickers in the NFL. Dan Knapp, 6'5", 304 pounds. He's a tackle out of Arizona. Now, I, I don't think he's heavy enough to be a tackle, but, you know, Valdir was a little light on his feet as well when he started, So, and he would come from a no-name college as well. We have a potential here, folks, to make some good players. 6'2", 238-pound linebacker from San Diego. Mario Kern could be a good player as well. Thomas Mayo, 6'2", 205 Wide receiver out of California. Uh, that's pretty good, too. Cal puts out some good players. You know, we could find some definite diamonds in the rough here in this bunch of young men. So I always put out some good hope for these guys, even though they're they're coming in the back door, they're coming in the hard way to make a team. Lucas Nix, 6'5", 317. He's a guard out of Pittsburgh. 
and he both played both guard and tackle. Anytime you have a player that can play two positions, they're a guy that can stick to a team. I just want you to know that right now, especially when you play guard, tackle, and center. Come on, that'd be great. Chaz Powell, 6'1", 207-pound safety out of Penn State. There's another Penn State player. I think we got four of them on our team if he sticks. That'd be pretty good. Says a lot for the program. Rod Streeter, six foot three, two hundred pound wide receiver out of Temple. He played two seasons at Temple after transferring. Now this is another young man, raw talent. The wide receivers on this board are going to have a hard time making it into the mix because we have such talent right now. Young, uh, young talent on our team that is developing into some pretty monstrous wide receivers. But these aren't the only guys that came to camp and, and, and worked. There's a bunch of guys. There's 30, get it, 30 guys that are walking on the field trying to get a job. 30. That's insane. There's six draftees, regular draftees that made it there, which is all of our draft class. So, left guard, your thoughts? I'm like it. I mean, it was it's something that's that was a little foreign to me at one point, but I've had I've had a good long time to kind of work on it, get used to being in a stance on the left side. So, you know, it feels good. It's starting to feel a lot more natural. What would you like to get accomplished as a rookie? You know, you you, you set the bar extremely high, I would imagine, huh? Uh, I mean, what I want to accomplish, I guess, would be. Uh, I mean, I want to I want to get to a point where I can be a contributor. I mean, I I just want to do anything I can to help this team. Obviously, uh, we've all heard about the direction the Raiders are going, that it's they're going in a good direction. I want to be a part of that. I want to be an asset to this team. How, how overwhelming is it mentally when you get the whole playbook and everything thrown into this weekend? <laughs> what's that process like? Uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's a lot, like you said, it's a lot of mental, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's some mental gymnastics out there. You're trying, I mean, they're, they're throwing everything at you at once, and then they're coming out here, and you're trying to pick it up against movement and all kinds of defensive fronts. So, I mean, you're just... You kind of feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose for a little while, but uh, you know things things will start to slow down. I think in a couple of, in a couple of days, you know, once this mini camp gets over. But mini camp's always tough with that. They talk about the zone blocking. Is that something that's in your past tools? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at Utah, we we were. I mean, we that was always our first thing was to establish the zone. A lot of teams do that. It's a big strategy for a lot. Um, the big difference is the, is the outside zone here. There's a lot of that. Um, but I, I think I think a lot of this is, is pretty similar to what I've what I've ran in my in the past, and so I mean I'm 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 used to it, but at the same time there's a lot new a lot of new wrinkles. Hey Raider Nation, I'm Jeanette Thompson. Welcome to Behind the Shield. As you see, I have a very tall man with me. I have Jack Crawford, rookie with the Oakland Raiders. Welcome to the team. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So far, tell me about the experience of rookie mini camp. What what is your day like? It's it's good. You know, it's a long day. Different to college ball. You know. You come in, you know, about 6.30 in the morning, and, um, you know, it's just breakfast and then meetings, and they just throw the playbook at you right away. And it's it's good, though. You know, that's really kind of how you get acclimated quickly. You know, they just throw you right in there, and you have to learn the plays, and, you know, that's the truth. You know, if you want to catch up, you know, try and compete with the veterans. That's the only way to do it. So it's, it's good, you know. It's a good feeling. Now you all just got here just in the nick of time for wonderful weather. <laughs> it is a bit warm, but there's a breeze. Um, is it much different from what you're used to practicing in? Oh, yeah, it's a lot different. I mean, up in Penn State, you know, we're at the highest point of Pennsylvania in Penn State, so it's uh, the weather is pretty cold, you know. It's usually, I mean, it gets it gets pretty good in the, in the summertime, but around football time, you know, it's pretty cold. So, you know, this is a different type of playing temperature for me. Now, Raider Nation, if you haven't noticed, there's a bit of an accent. And uh, if you haven't done your research, we'll let him tell you exactly where he's from and how he came here to the United States. Um, I'm from northwest London originally, over in England, across the pond. And, um, you know, it's, it's a long story. I came over when I was 16 in uh, sophomore year of high school. My parents still live back in London. I came over by myself and, um, you know, originally was a basketball player and just ended up, you know, kind of picking up American football my junior year of high school. And kind of went on from there. And I have to ask you, because you you know you're from England, yeah. the Raiders. It's it's a totally different experience football there and football here. Yeah, did is. you know about the Raiders? Yeah, it did actually. That was the, probably the only team I knew about growing up in England. I was uh, I kind of got introduced to the sport late, but I knew was new about American football. I just didn't know all the rules, um, you know. So. It was like, you know, growing up, the Raiders was the only kind of team that you would see on TV back in England. And uh, 
I guess that made me a Raiders fan. I had a little Raiders sweatshirt when I was younger, so you know, I guess that was a, it was it was destiny. <laughs> Not sure of the odds of that, but you know what? It's the only team you need to know about. And I have rookie Christo Bilokiti with me. Welcome to the Oakland Raiders. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be here. Tell me a little bit about day two of training camp or mini camp uh, for the rookies. What has it been like? What what does your day consist of? Um, it's been real good. Um, I finally got my second win back. You know, I was yesterday. It was just that transition from college to NFL. It's it's fast. You know, and then today, so I knew I got my mind right for today. Uh, I told myself, listen, I gotta you know prepare myself mentally to get my feet, uh, my footwork, my handwork, uh, my conditioning, and that's what happened today. Now, there's a lot of excitement, of course, about. Uh coming to the Raiders so I would imagine out on the field you get a, you know some extra jitters or you want to do more to impress the coaches is that true yesterday more more so than today um, yesterday is you know you want to impress you don't want to leave that first impression because in football that's what it is that first impression and everything um, so yesterday was more jitters but like I said today it's like I uh, finally know what exactly what to expect on the field so just go ahead do your job get your fundamental get your technique down and you'll be fine so they were there. The undrafted free agents I just mentioned were there. 30 tryouts, and there were 11 veterans in the bunch kind of helping with this rookie mini camp. Now, this camp is just to get everybody acclimated to each other, the facility, uh, see where everybody is health-wise. They're really checking on health. It's big important at this time. So this is just the beginning, man. This is the beginning of our football season. That's what I think. This is where you set the foundation and you make the team, the chemistry, which is something we've sorely missed. We make this gel right now. And it looks as though, looks as though Coach Allen is right in the mix. Uh, the first camp he was working with the defensive players, linebackers, defensive tackles, right in their face, right in their grill. Right after today's practice, head coach Dennis Allen took questions from the media and talked about the progress of his new players. That 90-man roster expand, you know, some chances for some more people to you to really search to you to, to fill that out. Well, I think I think the big thing is we've got the ability to get to a 90-man roster, and, and we want to make sure that the guys that we bring in all are, you know, are capable uh, of potentially making the team. And so uh, that's part of the evaluation process that we're going through today. A guy like Burris who plays in a system in college where you go in and out, kind of bounce around. How does he start to adjust to the NFL? fitting into a different type of scheme? Well, I think football is football. I mean, you know, there's only so many different things you can ask guys to do. And, and uh, the thing that we liked about him from the very beginning is that he is an instinctive football player and he understands how to play the game. And uh, so we're going to put him in positions that give him a chance to be successful and uh, let him use his athleticism, let him use his instincts to make plays. Travis Ivey came here late last year and had a whole lot of experience, but what, what does he bring in? Big, powerful guy inside that, that has the ability to be a good, good run-stopping type of player inside. How important is it? You know, you've talked about wanting to be multiple 3-4 and 4-3. How important is it to have a guy? You know, he's got some experience playing the nose. How, how much does that help? Well, I think it helps a lot. I mean, you know, we're obviously always going to be look, looking for guys that uh, we can do multiple things with. And uh, I think anytime you're talking about first and second down and stopping the run, you need a big guy inside to be able to do that. So uh, he's a nice piece to be able to work with. And, and uh, he's been out here working and trying to get better. And, uh, we'll see where we're at once we get through with camp and see if he's good enough to make the team. What's your week been like or your week's been like leading up to this? I mean, it, it seems like you've got to go through so many, you know, categories of, of responsibilities. Um, has it been smooth for you? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah. Well, it's been busy. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's been pretty smooth. I mean, you know, uh, you kind of take it phase by phase. I mean, we just uh, finished up with the draft phase, and, and, and now we're really kind of getting into the football phase uh, of the off-season program. And so uh, it's been pretty smooth. It's been exciting, and everything every day there's a little something different that shows up. And, uh, you know, you wake up every morning, and you, you wonder what life has in store for you. How much does it help these guys having a rookie camp before they come in for OTAs and mandatory camps sort of get up to speed? Oh, I mean, I think it's ex extremely important. I mean, we've had the, the veteran players here for a while now and already been through a, a mini camp with them. So uh, the rookies are obviously behind from a mental and a physical standpoint. And, and uh, uh, they're going to have to work hard and, and work fast to get caught up uh, because, uh, you know, if they don't get caught up pretty soon, you know, they'll fall behind. So uh, it's, it's real important to have this camp. 
brief look that you did get of Burris, what do you see from him physically that, that he brings? Well, I think he's a tough physical player. I mean, I think when you're in these camps, it's hard to really tell how physical a guy is going to be because of uh, the rules and the way we have to go about practicing. But uh, uh, I've seen every indication that he's fully athletic enough to play the positions that we're going to ask him to play, and uh, we're excited about him. Cliff Bergstrom, first, first thoughts, you know, getting to see him on the field and line up at left guard. I think he's done a nice job. You know, uh, I think, again, he, he fits he fits the scheme and the uh, zone running scheme, and he's got some athleticism, and, and uh, so I think he's going to be a nice fit in there. Surprised when this opportunity came along? Was it was something you were, I mean, you were only Stanford for one year? You know, it's like a great, great opportunity. Was something you were expecting? Something that just kind of caught you out of the blue? You know, a great opportunity is the exact right way to describe it. I was not expecting it. I was very happy at Stanford. Great staff, great players over there, fun kids to work with. But you, you don't know what's going to pop in. So when you get an opportunity, just like for these guys, when you get an opportunity, you got to take advantage of it. So Coach Allen is fortunate enough. Coach Allen gave me a call, came over here late one night, and uh, we talked for a long time, got along pretty well. Yeah, did you, uh, did you, by the time you left here, did you have a pretty good feeling that this was going to be the place? Or did you know? Uh, Coach Allen and I, uh, we talked just about everything, just game plan, you name it, got along great. And, uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. I mean, you, you got to love interviews that are just all football, and you just get to talk football and I see if you get along. Had you ever met him or talked to him before that first phone call? I have met Dennis uh, a long time ago, but we kind of knew each other as, uh, hey, how's it going, or saw each other at a combine, but not at, not as some coaches are talk every week or or whatnot. So we knew of each other, but but didn't know each other well. Dennis has been pretty guarded about, you know, schemes and that sort of thing. I'm sure he will be, too. Oh, yeah. I'm just curious about just your vision for this defense, just generally what can you tell us, okay. what people are expect to see. Well, the very first thing is is we're going to be multiple, okay? And one of our phrases is multiplicity through simplicity. So we're going to have defenses where everybody will get a turn to cover and rush and those type things. It, it'll be multiple looks, but it'll allow our players to do what they do best. If they're good in one-gap systems, it'll be a one-gap systems. So we're very excited about that. So it's a matter now of teaching the rules, controlling what we can control, and learning how everything works. And yeah. finding people. Isn't it still part of that? Sure. That's what this camp's for. That's a good part, is just bring all these guys out here and see who can play and who can learn and who can communicate and who can fit with your group. What can you tell in a non-contact situation like this with guys that are just thrown together for the first time for two days? Well, a lot of it is their ability to learn is definitely true. How much they can focus, uh, what they can retain, how they move, you know, is, is a big deal. Uh, you know, if they'll command the huddle for a linebacker, if they're verbal, if they learn from their mistakes. You know, you know in this league, of course, you, if you don't fix a mistake, that's the biggest deal because these coaches and players, they're too good. They'll find it. I actually got the phone call when I was coaching the Pro Bowl in Hawaii that there might be a chance for no opportunity here, and so it gave me some time to think about it. Um, very excited about it, and I, and for a few reasons. One, it started with what when I sat down with the DA and Reggie in my interview process to see what kind of direction they were focused on and how it was going to be run from a personnel and you know a, a team standpoint, and that really got me excited about the infrastructure and the plan of attack to have success, long long enduring success. Secondly, having Carson Palmer here was a big plus. Uh, I heard some very good stories about him coming in mid-year and really taking charge and really doing a fine job under tough circumstances. Uh, those two things make it excitable for a coordinator. When the management supports you and you got a quarterback with the experience of Carson Palmer, made it real exciting to, to come join. How excited are you to be a coordinator again, you know, back calling plays Love it. And, and all that? Love it. After yeah, I really enjoy calling yeah. plays. And, and I was very fortunate. Gary Kubek in Houston was very good about taking input during the week and mm -hmm. even on Sundays. Uh, but it, it's really one of the exciting parts of my profession is on yeah. Sundays I, I get to play the chess game with the defensive coordinator. All the talk coming from Houston, the zone blocking and all, mm -hmm. and you got you have some people that are, you know, brought the guard over. You get uh, Cooper's well-versed mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. Uh, is it going to be a tough transition? or? Well, here's my background, and I'm very, very firm and a strong belief in the zone scheme. Mm -hmm. uh, I've probably been in a very unique situation from a coaching perspective in that I've gone to four different places <laughs> and uh, have implemented the zone scheme or it was already implemented when I was there. So when I was in Atlanta, 
Warwick Dunn had his career best season running the zone scheme yeah. was with Alex Gibbs. Then I came here, Tom Cable was the old line coach with New Lyman, and Justin Fargus runs for 1,000. Mm-hmm. I go up to Seattle, and Justin Forsett averages 5'4", carry, and 600 yards in a half a season. Then I go to Houston, all these places around the zone scheme, yeah. an undrafted rookie leads the NFL in rushing. <laughs> So right. if you did a research project and said change all the variables and see what comes out, I've lived it firsthand on how much that I think the zone scheme benefits a mm-hmm. team. And bringing Frank Pollock from Houston, who's been trained under yeah. Alex Gibbs and John Benton the last five years, will make for a smooth transition that the guys up front will do fine. I feel how's, confident about how's that. How's Darren, has uh, he accepted that well? Because at times he, he kind of expressed that he didn't really like the zone scheme as much. and. He liked that some of the changes been, they went last year. He he's, preferred he's, that. He's been fine. He's mm-hmm. been fine. And he, had, and he had some success when he was here as a rookie. So yeah. he's excited. Very excited. A lot of work going on there at camp. A lot of changes happening in the Raider Nation. And you can bet that penalty situation is going to be cleaned up. I'm saying but this season. I'm saying this season it's over. We're not going to have another year to get used to this, some new, new system. Penalties will be over. I can tell you right now, this coach is not jacking around. You can tell by his demeanor on the field. He's all about teaching, and he's all about no excuses. Amen, my brothers and sisters. And that is all I have to say about that. Say it ain't so, say it ain't so, just when I thought we were dialed in and the press was not going to come on us like they always do, DHB gets a DUI. How D-U-M-B is that? Oh, A, B, C, it's easy as one, two, Not even thinking about the contract that he has and that he was probably the only one that didn't restructure the season because it was mentioned nowhere. One of the higher players on the team and supposedly character guy gets caught on the freeway here in the Bay Area and gets the big fat D-U-I. That's right, for D-H-B. Now, this guy has not got a lot of trouble. He does not have a checkered past. This is not some sign of some bad things yet to come. However, it is a stick in the eye to the organization that's trying to pull its reputation out of the mud. Now, I know we don't give a shit. I know we don't care. I know it doesn't matter to me what anybody else thinks of my Raiders because I hold them very high. But the rest of the mainstream media and the rest of the country, no less, always thinks of us as the dirty players, the Bad bunch of bad guys. And every time something like this happens, well, in your face, Oakland Raiders, and mainly Raider Nation. I'm sure you're not the only ones. I'm not the only ones that have to listen to this garbage. But I think the worst thing that's going to come out of this is some kind of, I know the NFL is probably not going to you know, do anything about it. There'll be some kind of hand slapping. But, you know, the organization has to do something. I mean, this is making Reggie McKenzie, who wants to change the culture of the building, do something that I'm sure he doesn't want to do. I'm hoping that we get this resolved without any big deal, but it's hard for me to think that he's not going to try to discipline DHB or do something, but we'll have to look and see in this story how it progresses. But he's not a bad kid. We all know he has great character. Just, you know, a young man making a bad decision. And here we go. The media is off and running. Let's just hope that this is an isolated incident and we have no further nonsense or buffoonery on this team before kickoff this season. Gold Vikings, let's win this game. Gold Vikings, honor your name. Go get that first down, then get a touchdown. Rock em, suck em, fight, 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 fight. Go Vikings, run up the score. You'll hear us yell for more. Beat, fight, beat, fight, and you 
In a sad yet telling display of joy, the Minnesota Vikings have backed out of plans to move their team to Los Angeles. Well, go figure. Now, the only real teams that have an opportunity to fill that hole, literally a hole, the number two media market in the country, don't get me wrong, I love L.A., no doubt in my mind, but I love my Raiders here in Oakland way more. Minnesota leaves the bunch that was headed to Los Angeles, so that leaves, really, the San Diego Chargers with the strongest possibility The Rams could come back to L.A. if they really wanted to. That is a possibility as well. And, of course, the Oakland Raiders. The media is putting their money on the Raiders always. That's what I think is going to happen if they don't make a move here in Oakland. A lot of talk and no no walking here in Oakland. So unless I see some construction dust in the Bay Area, it looks like the Oakland Raiders might be headed to Los Angeles. Now, here's another thing I kind of observed, and this is my personal opinion, no doubt. Los Angeles has been the uh, kind of the caveat, the uh, you better watch out or we're going to go there kind of a place for the NFL. It's been a great thing for Roger Goodell and the NFL. Think about it. Every team in the country, if they don't get a stadium, well, they're going to go where? They're going to go to the number two media market in the world, which is Los Angeles. So if you don't build me a stadium, we're going to move. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what's been happening across the country, and Roger Goodell loves it, and the NFL loves it. LA doesn't care. (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now, there's a million, billion Raider fans that love to see the Raiders come back to LA. Don't get me wrong. And if they went to LA, it would be the best place for them to go of all places if they had to go anywhere. They would have instant fan base. They would have a home, and people would welcome them with open arms, no doubt. But this is yet another sign that perhaps, maybe, possibly, the Raiders might make a move south because, really, of all three teams, uh, they have the most fan base and the most to gain by moving to Los Angeles. Yes, there's way more Raider fans than Ram fans. Trust me on this one. There always have been. (laughs) Pretty damn funny. And the San Diego Superchargeless, man, they were always punks when they were there, and they didn't like them when they were there. So they're not going to go to Los Angeles. Okay, so another rant. I know. I go on about this subject from time to time, but it kind of pisses me off because they did it before, and I don't want them to do it again. It hurt a lot of people here, man, and it'll hurt a lot more. So... Build the house that Al wanted to build, please. But make it in Oakland, please. It's time for the bone line. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Get on the bone line and throw a bone, will ya? That's you too, ladies. You know what I'm talking about. You have some frustrations. You have some expectations. You have some realizations. We'll get them on the bone line and throw them out there so the rest of the Raider Nation can partake and understand what we all really think. And it's pretty funny how it works. Also, check out RaiderNationPodcast.com. WWW, of course. Get on our site. Check out our forum. Join it. Get in there, man. There's Raider fans everywhere. You could talk, you can listen, you could partake, or not. But it's a cool thing. Randy has all the news you could possibly want on this side, man. I tell you right now, if I didn't even know about the podcast and I came across the site, I would be stoked because it's loaded with what you need to know about the Oakland Raiders. Tickets, you name it, it's all on there. Check it out. Who's the first caller? And the first caller is, of course, a good brother of mine. I know him very well. Nebraska Raider. Man, I got to tell you, this is Nebraska Raider calling in. Thank God for the Hugh Jackson and Palmer trade. This is the first actual quarterback since we had since Gannon. I think the whole Raider Nation would figure that out by now. We We had Gannon. He went out. Messed up his neck. 
what what was his face? Uh, Kerry Collins. He came in. We had Tui Asasopo. Uh, freaking, I don't even want to say number two piece of shit. Then what? Cole Pepper. Blah 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 blah. McCowan. All that bullshit between there. None of these quarterbacks could actually stand up to Carson Palmer. So that's what I'm saying. And we need McFadden. We need McFadden. He has to be in. Since we have since Bush left, we need McFadden to stay healthy. As of the draft, I'm wondering what's going to happen to McLean because we drafted a couple. Uh, we drafted a bunch of defensive defensive people in. One of them, I think, Bokaki, Bokaki. I don't know. You, Red Greg, you 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 can you can pronounce that name. So, uh, anyway, so I I hope I like McLean. He just needs to get healthy. He needs to stay good. He needs to be he needs to be the man that we drafted. him. He drafted number one. He needs to be that guy. Anyway, want to say to Red Greg, Red Randy, and Juan, I'm coming to the O for the Cleveland and Denver game. Uh, December 2nd and the 6th, I believe. Anyway, go Raiders, baby. We're we making this the playoffs. Go Raiders. Silver and black. Oakland, Oakland, baby. Well, my brother, that's a real tough walk through memory lane. I, every time you said one of the names of those quarterback, I just kind of cringed. I know, man, we've been through the dry spell as far as good quarterbacks go. I think Campbell was probably a, a breath of fresh air. And then when he got hurt, I thought, oh, no, we're going back to the garbage heap. And then I believe Carson Palmer is going to blow people's minds next year. He's a great quarterback. We protect him and give him someone to throw to. It's going to be off the chain. He's a better quarterback than we've had, just like you say, in many years. McLean. McLean's got a, a purpose to play now because He's not in the good old boys club anymore. Al Davis is not there to protect him, and he's got to work his ass off if he want to keep his job. He's got the physical talent. He's smart enough, and he played real well his first season. Seemed to drop off after that. I think it's time to put the heat to this guy's feet, and I think that Dennis Allen's just the guy for it. Our defense will be incredibly more efficient under Allen. I guarantee you that, my friend. And I look forward to seeing, of course, anyone who comes to Oakland better get down to the Bad Boys Barbecue where we get down and dirty, literally. And that's what I'm talking about. We will see you in December, my man. Uh, have a nice trip. And I can't wait, man, because we are going to have a party just like it's 1999. And next, my very good brother from Reading, man, him and his lovely wife, D, up there, Raider Allen and Raider D. Up in Reading. What's up, brother? Hey, Raider Greg. This is Raider Allen from Reading. And I'd just like to say that I just got done listening to 339, and it was awesome. Totally awesome. I really like the way that uh, everybody is starting to picture, get the big picture and see the forest through the trees on what Mackenzie's trying to do there. That's very, it was very, very enlightening, and I was listening to it, and I wanted to go down to Oakland and start tailgating the minute I got off the podcast. Anyway, I know that we're pulling it together, and everything's starting to shape up, and I think that we're going to have a, I think we're going to have a better team than we did last year. I think we're going to, like you guys have all been saying, I think we're going to sneak up on guys, and they're not even going to know what hit them. I think we're gonna we're gonna be the team to beat. I think we're gonna be not the underdog. I think we're gonna be the top dog. Anyway, that's just my opinion. Thank you so much, and go Raiders. I totally feel you, man. I'm ready to go to Oakland right now. I know. I start watching these uh, these these little clips out of the camp and pictures here and there and. And it's starting to rumble, man. I'm starting to rumble, ready to go. And then the fact that we look like we do and the possibilities are so great. And I think the underdog is always the best dog because it's the mean-ass dog in the pile. And so I think we're going to leap out and bite some ass this year. Thanks for the call, man. It's always good. We'll be talking to you soon. You know. 
And next we have Raider Stud from Oakland, California. What you got to say, man? Yes, this is Raider Stud from Oakland, California. And I'm calling in regards to our signing of Matt Liner. I repeat, Matt Liner, whose career completion percentage is 57%, who has only thrown 15 touchdowns since arriving in the league. I have nothing against Matt personally, but I do feel he did not live up to the hype that brought him to the NFL. And I do feel he is a first-round bust. Yes, I said it, first-round bust. And speaking of drafting, what the hell was wrong with us in the fifth round? We took in a receiver, but not a California receiver, in which we could have got, but instead we go with the kid from Arizona, Jerome Kreiner. But we had the opportunity at one point to draft Marvin Jones, an uh, NFL-ready receiver from California who has proven hands and a amount of production uh, over his time at uh, California. So, once again, the Raiders, we make a bonehead move. The Broncos, they go out and go get Peyton Manning. What do we do? Sign Matt Leiner? Are you serious to come in for Carson? I understand what you think about Matt Leiner, brother, but he's a backup quarterback and he's serviceable, and he's got to be better. He's got to be way better than Kyle. I got to throw an INT bowler, man. There's got to be, he's got to be 10 times that guy. And we need someone to back up right now. And I say it's good we got him because it's better than the alternative. And by the way, happy birthday, Matt Leinert. It's his birthday today. <laughs> I just saw that up on the the uh, the screen here. Gosh, I never thought he'd be on our team. However, and as far as who we drafted, man, I think Kreiner is a spectacular specimen of a receiver, and he's going to be the guy that we're on the twenty yard line is going to pick up all those touchdowns. The red zone, right where we touch the edge of the red zone, he's going to be the quarterback machine. You watch. That's my. That's what I'm saying. We've got a great team. I think we made some great moves, and, uh, well, we're going to have to see how it turns out. Thanks for the call, my brother. And next, a great contributor to our show, my good friend, Raider Tatum from the Midwest. What is going on, my man? Raider Greg, this is Raider Tatum from the Midwest. Uh, don't know about you or the whole nation out there. I have mixed feelings as far as the, the draft went, and every year it just seems kind of ironic how, you know, it's it's a 50-50. That's not really my concern as much as, well, I mean, we have fetishes now apparently for basketball players, but mostly the Raiders love to nab Heisman Trophy winners. I don't know what Palmer's going to do, or excuse me, not Palmer, but... uh. Leinert. I remember back when they had the chance to get him, I was upset about it. Of course, watching Leinert over the years made me feel like, well, maybe that wasn't going to work out for them anyhow, but we'll have to just wait and see. It's kind of a situation at this point that we'll just have to wait and see what the season brings because, you know, I try not to sound like I think I know everything, which I obviously don't, but the season will tell. Us as fans, what will transpire is either good or bad. Simply put, 50-50. I mean, they're either going to rebound and work off of some of the successes from 11 or they're going to fail miserably, and then people will probably want, you know, people, their heads on the platter. I really try and keep a level mind, level thoughts when I've been leaving uh, these messages. So pardon my stuttering. Um, and also just seeing the news about Ju Junior Seahaw was kind of a disenchanting, to say the least. Just, it's kind of a crazy time for all of us. 
as, as fans and and just to see all these players, and that's my little segue, seeing all these players that have greatness fall from grace. And at this point, apparently, him taking his own life. I don't like to see those kinds of things. I just hope this season will turn out to be... Uh, it's just been so damn long. I, I just I, I just hope it turns out to be positive because we lost a lot of key players and a lot of key positions. Other than that, thank you. Thank you, Raider Nation. As always, long live the Sabbath. Put Jack Tatum in the Hall of Fame. Thank you. Well, my brother, let me just say this. I know there's questions on who we got, and I understand that. I look at the draft like this. If you can get two players that can at least play in the first string sometime during the first year, that's a full-on success. If you get a full, uh, someone who can play full-time all, all year, that's a miracle. So you you really have to be happy if you can get two guys, and I believe out of our draft class, we'll have at least two guys that play this year. I mean on a regular basis. So I think that's a success, my man. And I don't think we lost that much last year. I think we gained way more in structure and character than we lost in talent. And I say this, man. I say you put some desperate young men together that have a team, that have some talent, young talent, developing talent, you never know. And I don't say 50-50. I say I say 70-30. We do something good this year, at least 8-8. Eight and eight. And with the team we have, that is a great step forward. Trust me. Thanks for the call, man. And do not be discouraged because we're not going backward. We're going forward, brother. And next we have my very good brother, Raider Steve. Houston Raider Steve, that is. And he's got a very cool take on this Junior Seau thing. Check him out, man. He's got some real wisdom here. <laughs> Hello, Raider Nation. This is Houston Raider Steve. That's very sad about the death of Junior Seau. I did some research on it, and this is what I found out. Apparently, he had chronic neurological degeneration disease found in individuals subjected to repetitive traumatic head injuries. There are three stages of this disease, CTE. First stage is disturbances and psychotic symptoms. Second stage is erratic behavior, memory loss, and initial symptoms of Parkinson's disease, and the third stage is full-blown dementia, as well as symptoms related to Parkinson's disease. CTE is found in people that play contact sports. Professional boxers like Muhammad Ali had this from Parkinson's, from shots to the head, and also hockey players, uh, whether it be professional amateurs. So anybody involved in any kind of contact sport where there's uh, traumatic, multiple concussions to the brain and everything, suffer from CTE. As of right now, during my research, there's 18 players known that have uh, died from this. Andre Waters, Mike Webster, Terry Long, Justin Strelzik, Lou Crickler, John Grimsley, Tom McHale, Chris Henry, Dave Dearson, John Mackey from the Colts, we all remember him, Koki Gilchrist, Wally Helgenberger, of course, Junior Seau, uh, Ted Johnson of the Patriots, of the place where the Patriots currently has it, Shane Dronette, Lou Carpenter, Ray Easterling, who's a defensive back from the Falcons, committed, himself, uh, committed suicide by killing himself. In the million-dollar backfield of the 49ers back in the 50s and 60s, I believe it was, John Henry Johnson and Joe Perry the Jet. So apparently this is, uh, this is obviously what Junior was going through. I believe he was in the second stage of this with the erratic behavior, memory loss, and uh, initial symptoms of Parkinson's disease and also extreme depression. So... I've done a lot of research on this. I've been, I've been up most of the night, and every every single player that I ran into said they had CTE, which is obviously uh, the, from multiple injury, injuries they have. And also the NFL now has this massive lawsuit with all these players that also have the CTE. So I'm awful sorry about Junior Seau's loss. Uh, because he played for the Chargers, we didn't like him and we hated him, but we also respected him as he was hell of a good football player. And, we sure would have loved him if he had played for the Raiders. So rest in peace, Junior, and all the other people I just named. And uh, hopefully the NFL, I know people make a big deal about safety, but after reading all this stuff and doing my research and everything, safety is good, obviously, because we don't want people to have uh, long-term effects from the CTE and everything. So God bless Junior, and uh, safety is a good thing. And God bless you all, and have a great night.
Go Raiders. Pretty sobering, huh? That is damn good, Steve. Good stuff, man. That was awesome. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm blown away. And everyone who heard that is probably blown away as well. Great job researching that action. Of course, our love and respect and good thoughts, of course. Go to Junior Seau and his family. He was a brutal competitor. I hated to see him on the field. He used to work us over. But, you know, this is a serious issue. And I know that uh, with all the money that the NFL has, they can fix this if they want to. And they should do it post-haste. And that is all I have to say about that. Thanks for the call. Great job, Steve. And next, we have a very positive Raider Eric from Sacramento. What's going on, brother? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Andy. This is Raider Eric from Sacramento. That was the best draft we've had in a long time. Now, we have the caliber and expertise and so many other things that can help us out to getting a championship. This year, it's all about Carson Palmer, Darren McFadden, Daenerys Moore, Richard Seymour, and Bergstrom that we got. See, who else do we get? Uh, oh, and we got Liner, too, which is another good pickup. We have a backup for uh, Carson Palmer now. That is key for us because without him, we wouldn't be who we are. We have great teams lined up that we can beat this this year. And it's, t- it's about time we get going with our winning ways again. Now that we have our team together, it's time to start thinking about playoffs. I'm talking about playoffs. Yes, playoffs. Playoffs are here for us. Playoffs. I will say playoffs like three or four more times. We are going to the playoffs, and we are going to the playoffs to become the next Super Bowl champ. And that's what I feel is going to get us to where we're going to be. With Weinart and Palmer and McFadden and Taiwan Jones and... Uh, Daenerys Moore and Hayward Bay. I mean, we have all the pieces now. I know you said last time, two or three podcasts ago, that we didn't have all the pieces. Now we do because we've got those picks. We've got everything we need. All we need to do is is get the wins, the big, fat wins against teams that suck and teams like that we have to play this season, like Peyton Manning's team, like Philip Rivers' team. We have what we need now. We've got the Jaguars, we've got the Browns, we've got the Bengals. All three wins I can see as easy wins. As far as everything else, we'll just it'll all fall into place. Super Bowl 47, is that where we're at now? It's going to be the Raiders versus the Niners. I've been, I'm going to say it right now. That's all I have to say. This is Raider Eric, and I'm out. Go Raider Nation. Well, Raider Eric, I love your positive attitude. I still know we have holes to fill, and it's not going to be easy to win games. We have a very tough season. It's not easy this year. It's harder than last year. But I do believe we'll do better. I do believe that... I'm not going to use the word playoffs because you've playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? <laughs> but, you know, we could make it there, man. I totally think so, too. But we have a lot of work to do. There's a lot more going on. But our team is looking good, and I like the direction, and I certainly like the change in the building. Thank you, brother. And last but never least, my very good brother, Obi-Wan Raider.
up, Raider Nation, Obi-Wan Raider here. Big shouts out to Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Uh, was a little antsy about the draft, but after taking a look at some of these guys, looking at some of their YouTube footage, uh, listening to the conference calls, you come away with one underlying thing that it appears that uh, Reggie McKenzie and Dennis Allen are going after. High motor, high character guys. They don't care about the all Davis measurables, you know, height, weight, speed. You know, that one receiver, Cryon, he may have 4'6 speed and everyone's saying that's slow. But let's not forget, uh, if I remember correctly, there's a second-round pick called uh, Jerry Rice out of Mississippi Valley State. Allegedly ran a 4.69 that was too slow, yet he's the touchdown leader, greatest of all time for the NFL. So, you know, game speed is definitely different, as Cryer has mentioned than actual straight line speed. Um, I think he's going to be a really big, big possession receiver for us, a great end zone, uh, a red zone threat as well. I mean, the guy's got a tremendous jumping ability. Um, our first pick uh, in the third round, compensatory, Tony Bergstrom. You know, I know there's some of us in the Raider Nation that are on the fence about this guy, you know, but the guy is very, very intelligent. He can play multiple positions. He's played left tackle, right tackle. He's also played guard at the senior bowl in both. The only one he hasn't played is um, center. So that's good depth for us. And, you know, everyone talks about him having short arms. Let's not forget that Reggie McKenzie also drafted Brian Blaga in the first round. I believe it was 25th overall. And everyone said, oh, his arms are too short, i.e. Robert Gallery. Robert Gallery did not have the football heart, in my opinion, that Blaga has or that Bergstrom has. That's what these guys want. And um, Belaga was able to go ahead and stop the Steelers from getting to Aaron Rodgers in that Super Bowl, even with all the stunts and twists they tried to pull in their defense. Now, two guys that I think, I'm going out on a limb here, but I think are going to be huge for us in the recent future. The fifth-round pick out of Penn State, uh, Jack Crawford, and then the sixth-round pick, uh, Cristo Buligidi. Sorry if I murdered your name, dude. But these guys, you know, listening to the uh, Raiders' death set, you guys go to the website and download that, Raiders.com. It's the Raiders' death set. It's got the phone calls from the uh, the media after these kids were drafted. And the one thing you hear is you hear humbleness. You hear, you know, hey, I have an opportunity. It's not about, hey, I'm about to make $16 million or whatever. You know, I really like this draft. I like the direction that McKenzie is taking us in. And I think we're going to surprise some people this year. Now, the kid, Miles Burris, out of San Diego State, you know, I've got a couple of friends with the Broncos trying to convert him to the dark side. They're like, San Diego State, nothing good comes out of San Diego State. Marshall Falk came out of San Diego State, and he was badass, even though I hate the Rams. <laughs> Kirk Morrison was a tackling machine. He just couldn't cover any damn body. Miles Burris has all the tackling ability that Kirk Morrison has, but he can actually cover. He doesn't mind playing on special teams. And I think that kid's going to be big. Look out, too, for uh, Nathan Stuper. That's the seventh-round pick we got out of Penn State. Uh, he'll be teamed up with Jack Crawford, a former um, Penn State Nittany Lion, and Stephen Winooski, Jr. Stephen Winooski, excuse me. I think these guys, we're going to start seeing a lot more players drafted from the Midwest and East Coast. I really like these picks. I know I went over my time, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Again, big props to you guys for keeping us all informed on the podcast. And, uh, you know, go Raiders. I'm I'm all in this season. You know, I'm just praying for the best, and I think we're actually going to do really well. I think we're going to do better than we did last year in terms of consistency. I don't know if that's going to equate to more wins or not, but I don't see the blowouts with the Chuck Bresnahan prevent nothing defense where we give up a fucking 30-point lead, knock on wood. Go Raiders. Obi-Wan Raider, out. My sentiment, it's exactly my brother. We are going to do much better. The players you're talking about said exactly the same thing. They look as good as they are because they are not pretending to be anything that they're not. Not all mouth and low talent, or just not all mouth. A lot of humble guys on this team. I like it. I like the direction. I like just seeing the photos of the head coach out there actually coaching guys and not standing on a sideline with a clipboard in his hand. I do like this team. I do like the new attitude in the building. Alameda has changed. The entire culture of the organization has changed. 
Our defense will change, just like you said. It'll get better because Dennis Allen is making sure he's putting his hand on this man. This is his team. It's his shot, and I think he's going to do a great job. We can't go anywhere but up, folks. And I love the fact that we're the underdog. I could say it a million times, not enough to give you the idea of how I feel about it. I just love being the underdogs because they're the bad dogs. They're the mean dogs. And they're the dogs that rise up and bite everybody else in the ass. And that is all I have to say about that. And I am out.